This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, downtown West Palm Beach, Florida, as always, with my co-host Leslie Bennett. And today, Leslie, we have some really, really special people in the house with us. We sure do. Some of the most special people to me in the world. In fact, the most special people to me in the world. Who do we have, Leslie? Some of my favorite people, too. So we have your wife, Kristen, with us. And hey. we have two of your kids, Stephen and Anna Kate, because we're going to be talking about a new family church resource called um, Full Circle Parenting. It's a book um, that Jimmy and Kristen wrote. It's coming out on April 20th. And we just want our listeners to know that all the proceeds for the book go to Family Church to support our strategy called Relentless Pursuit. And we're really excited about this new resource. But before we get into it, I do want our guests, Kristen and Stephen and Anna Kate, to just introduce themselves. Yeah. So hi, everybody. I'm Kristen. I'm Jimmy's wife. And we have eight children together. And we brought two of them today. Anna Kate, Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm the sixth born child out of eight, um, so that's fun, and I play lacrosse and volleyball at the King's Academy. I actually just came here from lacrosse practice, so yeah, sorry if I smell a little bit, but <laughs> you look cute anyway. Thank so. you. And so. you're how old? I'm 15. All right, and the first girl, sixth born. She's our first oldest girl. girl. Yeah. yeah. Sophomore in high school, hard to believe. My name is Steven. I am 18 years old. I am number five out of eight, beat you by one, <laughs> and um, I play football at the Kings Academy, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Yeah. And Steven's in 11th grade. Yeah, he is. All right. So, Jimmy and Kristen, let's just start into the book and the content in the book. So, just tell us, first of all, what motivated you to write this book? Because writing a book isn't easy. No, it's not. It was fun, but not easy. But, you know, Leslie, we've been parents now for 25 years, and so we... Somebody asked us when we felt like we were qualified to write a parenting book, and the answer is we're not. But part of the reason why we wrote it is that very purpose is just we wanted to give parents a way to think through how to have discussions with your kids that are meaningful. And so we took the idea of the three circles about God's design, sin and brokenness, and then the gospel and recovery of that design as a tool to have conversations with our kids. So Jimmy and I have been saying lately that a good theology leads to a good parenting strategy, which helps us to have good conversations with our kids. And so that's really what this book is about. It's not a how-to manual. It's not a blog on how to raise a perfect kid. It's just a way, a conversation map maybe to walk through these crucial areas with our kids. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'd say that when we were uh, young parents, when we have a lot of kids, people who think if you can make a lot of kids, you know how to raise them. <laughs> and so people would constantly ask us to speak at parenting events and little conferences and all these different things. And really, we had no business doing that at all. I can't believe we did it. It's kind of arrogant to think like when your oldest kid is nine, that you have anything to say to anybody because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but now we felt like after doing this for 25 years, we have adult children, some of whom are raising their own children. We feel like this is a good time for us to begin to share some of the things that God has been teaching us over the years. And again, this is not a formula. This is not a five things that you need to do to be a good parent. 
This is more just about thinking through good theology, good strategies to have good conversations. And we think we can help parents do that. Yeah. And I love that. You you are two of my favorite parents. I've learned so much from you. And a lot of what you say, I think, comes so naturally to you. You don't realize how unique it is. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of aspects of the book that I think are unique. Um, You talk about complexity and you talk about management. So I just wanted us to spend a little bit of time unpacking that for our listeners. So what do we mean when we talk about complexity? complexity, Kristen. Yeah, so I actually am so happy that Anna Kate came to talk with us today because we really discovered that aspect of parenting with her. And so Anna Kate, you were so sweet to be vulnerable and willing to share about this. But, you know, dad and I have been talking and this is in our book about how ever since you were a little girl, you've had this super tender heart towards the Lord and truly you did and and you still do and you pray and you want people to come to know the Lord and you have a missionary heart and we're so grateful for that. And so honestly, to tell you the truth, dad and I kind of would pat ourselves on the back a little bit whenever you were small like that. And we thought, man, we are raising an awesome kid here. And then uh, when you hit middle school, you really started struggling with something. Tell, tell everybody what that was. Yeah. So when I was in middle school, middle school is just an awkward time. So me being a big time people pleaser, I wanted people to think I was cool and all that stuff. So I would tell little lies to make myself sound better than I actually was. And it was a really struggle for me. It became a habit that sometimes I didn't even know I was doing it. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about now we, cause the Lord has really delivered you from that. And it's not like you're never going to tell another lie again, but it's not. A she business. doesn't tell anymore. Lies. No, no. Dad thinks you're perfect. But, uh, but you, it's not this stronghold besetting sin in your life. It has made you more compassionate to people that struggle with it though. But we talk about how, man, you would lie about stuff that you didn't even, didn't even matter. Like you weren't going to get in trouble about it. That's what happens with sin in all of our lives. You know, it takes root and then it just grows. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to, we thought we were awesome parents. And then now we found out you started lying. Remember when we had to go apologize to the girl in the parking lot? Because yeah, that was, had, rough. That, that was That was not my banner mom moment. Like, what? <laughs> that was not my banner mom moment. But, but then I get home and I'm like, gosh, Jimmy, I mean, I think she's a fake. You know, she, Mm -hmm. she has this missionary heart. No, she doesn't. She has, she likes to pray. No, she doesn't. She really is just a big old liar. And in that moment, I was so convicted as a mom because I realized that is such a horrible way to think about our kids and ourselves. And who am I? I have, you know, you live with me. I've got struggles and besetting sins in my own life that I have to work through. So this idea of complexity is, are you a loving missionary or are you a liar? And the idea of complexity says both, that you both are, are, have God's handprint on your life. You're a child of God. You've walked with him. You've, you've had that salvation moment. You've been baptized. You're, you love Jesus and you care deeply about him. And we see a lot of good gifts in your life as a result of your relationship with him. And yet you're, you're a sinner. Guess what? So am I. And so this idea of complexity has really been transformational in our parenting. And how, how has it impacted you? Yeah, so I, when I would lie, I would feel so guilty. And I talked to you about that. I remember our conversation. We were sitting in the car in Party City parking lot. And I was, Party City. Yes, and I just, I was telling you, I was like, Mom, I feel so bad about myself. I am a failure. Like, yeah. And it gets a little emotional. But, but you helped me see that 
that sin, um, lie and that sin is something that I did, but that's not who I was. Mm. Um, and that's true for everyone. We sin and we have struggles, but that's not who we are. That's just things that we do. And God can use other things to help us overcome that. And he really did that for me. I started praying and asking him, show me my sin and help me fix it. And he really did. And it helps me have compassion for other people too, because I see them. It makes me not want to write people off immediately. Like when they may struggle or be a little annoying or something, I have grace for them because I used to struggle with that a lot. And so it helps me not write them off. It helps me accept them for the best things about them. That's such a great thing. Yeah. So it's not just about you personally, mm-hmm. but now this idea of complexity transforms the way you see other people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty powerful. Well, it is very powerful. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing, Anna Kate and Kristen. Um, that was a special moment just to watch you guys interact in that way and be willing to talk to all of our listeners about the things that you've experienced. So, Jimmy, management something that we talk about a lot. I think it applies to both boys and girls, but maybe a little bit more to boys. So why don't you talk a little bit about what we mean by management and how we bring that out in the book? Yeah, so uh, management is... To me, the best way to think about challenges that we all face as Christians, because some people think about uh, challenges with sin as a dragon that you need to slay or a battle that you need to win. And I think that's in most cases, just not the way that life really works, because there are things that we're going to struggle with our entire life. So some people have a challenge with bitterness and they're just going to struggle with bitterness, maybe against a certain person or a certain situation or a set of circumstances. And they're going to have to constantly battle bitterness their entire life, or maybe it's sexuality, or maybe it's technology. These are things that you don't win in one conversation or one decision. These are things that have to be managed over a lifetime. And I think St. Paul, you know, we talk about Romans chapter seven, St. Paul said, even for St. Paul, the greatest Christian in the history of the world, he said, look, there are times when there are things that I, I know I'm not supposed to do, but I do them anyway. And then there's things that I know I'm supposed to do and I don't do those things. And he says, man, I just feel like a wretch. Who's going to deliver me from all of this? And the answer is Jesus does deliver us from all that, but it may be a lifelong struggle. And that means it's got to be managed. And especially, Leslie, when it comes to young men, boys that that you raise, their sexuality is going to be a big part of that. And managing technology is going to be a big part of that. And these are not things you win in a decision or a conversation. These are things that have to be managed. Yeah. So I wonder what you think about that, Stephen, as a young man yourself, 18 years old, in the midst of this. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing for dads and sons is being close enough for the son to be able to take an issue to the dad and feel comfortable where the dad is not going to judge him. So I've taken tons of stuff to dad, knowing full well that, hey, he's not going to judge me or like rebuke me. He's going to coach me Mm. and help me do better. So... That's one thing that's big enough. Like me and dad have gone on trips together. We've had great conversations. Me and my dad are really tight. So I can come to him with anything, no matter what it is. And all of my brothers have told me, I remember when I was in middle school and I struggled with pornography. My brother, Jeremiah said, Hey, you take this to dad and he's going to coach you and he's, he's going to make it okay. So I think having the older brothers tell me, Hey, dad's there for you. Dad loves you. Dad's going to coach you has been a really big, big thing. Yeah, that's incredible. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Anna Kate and Stephen, with conversations like what does make you feel comfortable approaching your parents with these things? How have they set the table in a way that you feel like I can come to my mom, I can come to my dad? Yeah, I actually talked to my mom about this yesterday about my dad and 
both of them do this, but they are real with us, but they're also comforting. So they can be, they can help us and coach us. And sometimes it, it can be hard to come to them, but they, we have such a strong relationship with them that it's backed up in love. So even when they do have to tell us hard things and we do have to have those hard conversations, it, it goes well because we, they love us so much mm-hmm. and we know that. So when you have that relationship and that foundation of love, we can get through those hard things. That's really good. You know, I was talking to my brother Isaac on the phone yesterday and he was like, man, I really miss having like late night conversations with mom. Cause we, we stay up. Yeah. We, uh, we stay up and talk to mom for hours. Where's dad? Dad is in bed sometimes, (laughs) but especially when we were little, we would try to see, Hey, how long can we talk to mom without without going to bed? But (laughs) we're all, our family is all really, really tight. And I think I just, that really matters when, when you're going through struggles because each and every one of us, I'm sure you guys are like, you gotta be kidding me, but we all have a different struggle and we have to handle it in a completely different way. <laughs> That's true. So we're all really close to you guys and we all really love you guys. And we know we don't want to act like we're perfect because we're not. But we're, we know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Neither um, are we and y'all know. Yeah, y'all right. know that. Good point. <laughs> we're definitely comfortable enough to come to you guys with literally anything. So Jimmy and Kristen, what have you done to set the stage? Because you're intentional with everything that you do. So what are the, some of the things that you've done so that your kids are comfortable having these conversations with you? Well, you know, honestly, Leslie, I was going to say something different, but after listening to them, I do think one of the things that we did, maybe even without knowing it, is to create this deep bond with their siblings and listening to you have conversations with your older brother telling you to go to your dad. Gosh, that's huge, right? And I know that you have conversations with your little sister or Caleb and you're like, hey, you need to, this is, they'll, they'll go to you. You're a safe place to go to. And then for y'all to be able to sometimes speak truth into their lives, but sometimes go, whoa, this is beyond my pay grade. Y'all need to go talk to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And I know if you do that, they're going to, it's a safe place to land. It might be a hard place to land in the immediate. So I think Leslie, just building these sibling relationships with these kids so that they're kind of mentoring each other along the way, even in their struggles has been a a benefit. Well, I think the biggest champion of all this, Kristen, has been you because you have worked so hard. I mean, you've homeschooled all of these kids. You have literally set aside other opportunities that you could have had for yourself, work opportunities, even in the Christian world, speaking and writing opportunities. You've set all of those things aside and you've invested some of the best years of your life in focusing on our children. And that has set the table for all of these relationships. But then the second thing to, to build on that is I think you've worked hard to make our house, our house fun. So we have fun together. We have fun right. birthday parties. We have fun. I mean, Kristen, my gosh, you celebrate uh, Groundhog Day, St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> yeah, uh, Labor Day. You know, we have some kind of a party or some kind of thing. And so we just, you know, taking fun trips and making special days special. And all of that has created an environment where we're in relationship constantly. And then I think, you know, us being in ministry and a lot of people listening to our podcast are in ministry. Yeah. We have intentionally taken advantage of some of the flexibility of a pastor's schedule. That's one of the reasons we homeschool, not because we love homeschooling so much, but because it gives us more flexibility to spend time with each other, especially when the kids were small. Because when you're in ministry, you often have to work when other people aren't working. Mm-hmm. So you're doing stuff at night. You're doing stuff on the weekends. But 
you sometimes have some flexibility when other people aren't flexible in the mornings, in the early afternoons. So a lot of times we would take our vacations from Monday through Thursday, yeah. you know, because we've got to be here on the weekends. And so I think just uh, you setting the table for all of that, making all these things fun, then prioritizing these shared experiences has been really powerful for building relationship. Yeah. And we have a whole chapter on the book on sibling relationships, um, friendships, and mean kids, but yeah. it's based on some of the principles that you've employed in your home to build strong sibling relationships. Not everybody has eight children, right. so not everybody can build friendships with their kids. Um, they might have an only child or just two children, but I know that your parents, Anna, Kate, and Stephen have worked really hard to build team scroggins. So what are some of the favorite principles that you've put into play as as they have taught you this? I'd say we're all best friends. Mm. Um, we played on sports teams together. Me, Isaac, and Jeremiah played at the King's Academy together. And me and Isaac have played together since I was five years old. Yeah. So when they come back from college, yeah, we go see our friends, but we really all just hang out together because we want to see each other. And so, so like simple stuff like on birthdays, we go around the circle and we say something nice about each other. Yeah. But we actually take that pretty seriously and say true things that actually matter and mean a lot to each other. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think just wanting to be together, we all want to be together because we always have each other's backs. We don't rat each other out. We're all such a strong team. And when we go places, even when we see each other's struggles, we're always positive about each other in public. We never let other people see each other's faults. Yeah, that's important. Covering over each other's weaknesses and enhancing each other's strengths. And you've really learned to do that so well. So, Jimmy and Kristen, what would be your goal for parents who read this book? What do you want them to really take away from it? Yeah. So, Leslie, I think one of the biggest things is to just help parents realize that the importance of staying in the game with mm -hmm. our kids. And so, guys, I hope you all feel that that really no matter what happens in our kids' lives, if they have a sin struggle, if they have something happen to them, if they've experienced something that's off or sinful, that that we always stay in the game with them and show them the sin of it and show them their need for repentance, but then also show them the beauty of the gospel, which is that it's redemptive and restorative and that he never leaves us alone. He he stays in the game with his mm -hmm. people. And so I think that's a huge part of parenting is that we continually remind our kids. Anna Kate, what you said earlier was so right. That sinfulness is not you. That's what you're doing. But you, Stephen and Anna Kate, are made in God's image. And he has something for you to do. And he'll even use those broken places in our lives to minister to other people, to make us more compassionate. And so that's what I hope parents will feel from this. Yeah. And I, I think that the things that we want to put out there that um, having a good parent-child relationships and good sibling relationships is accessible. So whatever your family looks like or has looked like to this point, if you have a blended family or if you're a single parent or um, if you're an adoptive family or you're dealing with foster kids, you know, whatever it is, and we've done some of all of that ourselves. When you're doing that, this is accessible. You can build relational bridges. Even if you think like right now, I don't have a very good relationship with my son or with my daughter. You can start right now and work at it and make it fun. And you may not be have the relationship that you want to have, but hopefully you can have a relationship that's better than the one that you used to have. Yeah. And mm -hmm. all of us can push the ball down the field in that way. So a healthy family relationships are accessible. But I also want, we want to make healthy family relationships attractive. 
Like one of the things that we hope that parents feel is that, yeah, are there struggles? Sure. Are there financial pressures? All of us feel it. But we want our family life to be attractive so that when other people see it, they go, wow, not only does that look like a lot of fun, but the way they're explaining it, I think we could actually do that because we're not trying to portray perfection. Uh, We don't have a perfect marriage. We don't have the perfect children. We don't have the perfect relationships, but it is doable. Anybody could do it with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the help of your church family. And it's fun. And I just love that about having Stephen, even having Stephen and Anna Kate on the podcast with us today to me is so fun. Listen to what they're saying and looking at the smiles on their faces. And I don't know, I think accessibility and attractive is, is what we want to put out there with our, with our book. And there's so much more in the book. So we do encourage you to get the book because as you can see, Jimmy, Kristen, Anna, Kate, and Stephen, they are very real. And my favorite thing about the Scroggins family is the standards are high and we are pursuing God's design, but we never forget that God made a way back, right? That right. there is redemption, that there is restoration, and that no, it's never too late for anybody. So that's what the book is about. It's available on Amazon. It's available on the website, fullcircleparentingbook.com. So we hope that our listeners will check it out. Yeah, thanks so much. Glad that our listeners have been listening. Look, family life's important if you're in ministry, whatever your situation is. But here's the good news. You can do everything that God wants you to do with your ministry and your family with the resources that you have right now. And we believe that in any way that we can help. Reach out to us, follow us on social media, send us an email. If we can help you, encourage you, encourage the parents in your church, we want to do it. And for pastors and youth pastors and children's pastors especially, hey, this book could be a very good resource for you to use in your church, um, for you to use in groups. It creates incredible conversations among parents. And if there's a way we can help you with that, we would be happy to do that. And again, I'm not plugging the book because it makes us money. We don't make a dime off of it. We don't get royalties. We don't get advances. All of the money goes to our Relentless Pursuit strategy at Family Church to help us reach more families in more neighborhoods in South Florida. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Stephen Scroggins, Anna Kate Scroggins, Kristen Scroggins, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.